Hey there guys, welcome to today's live stream. We're gonna be talking about knee pain, a little bit about what it is, how the knee works, and then towards the back end of the live stream, we're gonna be talking about a few little tips and how you can help your own knees if they're in trouble, um, and how you can really relieve that knee pain and build them up for the long term to prevent future injuries. So hopefully you guys are gonna find this live stream helpful. If you are new to the channel, please do consider subscribing. We do these live streams every single weekday, and we always do Q&A at the end of the live stream. So today's no different. If you've got any questions on your knee pain, or your lower back pain or other issues, then please do post those in the comments and Lara's the other side of the camera. She'll be able to read those out to us towards the end of the live stream and we'll go through and give you guys as much help as we can on, on the live stream today. So with that being said, let's get into today's topic. Okay, so we're gonna be talking about knees today. Um, wanted to start this one out by, we've got some drawings and give you guys a guide of what we're gonna be talking about today. We're gonna to start out by talking about what can really go wrong in the knee. It's, it's relatively simple, a little bit different to the back uh, in some ways, but again, there's similarities there as well. They're all joints that are, func that are supported by muscles and ligaments and, and have articular cartilage there as well. So this, the structure is very similar, but there are some nuanced differences. And also when it comes to knees, there's much more instances of, or, or much more frequent instances of trauma being the cause compared to maybe in the lower back where we have more repetitive stress injuries that tend to be the the cause of these problems so uh, very very interesting there we're going to talk about the slightly different approach to the knees in terms of the rehabilitation how that feeds into other surgical interventions uh, and those sorts of things and then some exercises that we'll get into towards the back end some ideas for rehab whether it's short-term relief and to help reduce inflammation quite often the knees can balloon a little bit with inflammation and swelling in the joint um, but also some uh, proactive uh, exercises to really help you build forwards and just a few little words of caution with some other exercises as well because uh, we want to make sure you guys are doing the right sort of thing so first and foremost we thought we'd have, have, have a walk through the, the structure of the knee now we've talked about this in, in previous live streams where we've briefly mentioned the knee and the knee really is two bones stacked on top of one another and I've drawn out the sort of if we remove the muscle layers this is really what we're talking about our whole body weight is balanced on this We've got the blue here, which represents the articular cartilage, that's the meniscus. Obviously we have cartilage on the, on the end of the femur, so this is the thigh bone here, this is the lower leg bone, and that's your fibula, fibula there. And then we've got in purple, we've got the ligaments along here, the cruciate ligaments in the middle, and then the medial and lateral collateral ligaments. And the, the thing with the knee is it is to a certain degree at the whim of the hip up top and of the ankle down below. And if we have problems with the feet and the arches, they can drop in. And if we have dropped arches, what we tend to get is a stretch through the inside of the knee so we can get inside the knee pain. So that pain just on the, on, on, on the medial aspect, so just here. Um, we can also get issues as the knee stretches on this side, it compresses on this side. And we've seen this in the lumbar spine where if we stretch one side, we compress the other. And what then happens is we put more load through this outside cartilage and that can lead to trouble because the general function of the knee, although this I've tried to demonstrate it well, but this inside part is where most of the weight should go through. And this outside part allows our knee to just twist a little bit. But if we have problems coming up from the foot, maybe our foot mechanics isn't right, or our hips muscles are not doing so well, maybe because, because we've got back pain, then it can mean that we put less pressure through here, we stretch this part and we compress this part. And ultimately, this asymmetrical wear in the knee will lead to things like uh, discomfort, a degenerative change, etc. Much like we talk about reducing the curve in the lumbar spine, long periods of abnormal alignment, uh, less than effective 
force transference will lead to degenerative change. And that's the same in the lumbar spine and it's gonna be the same in the knee. So we wanna keep our feet in good condition, we wanna keep our leg muscles nice and strong and we wanna keep our hip muscles as they go into the back in a good position as well. And we ought to often see when we get people doing exercises like the squats in the early stages uh, or the, the, the middle, middle stages of the back and shape program, sometimes we start to see, oh, those knees are going in a little bit when we're doing a squat, we need to make sure that doesn't happen, otherwise we're gonna get trouble here and people just don't think about it. And if, you, if your knees are going in when you're doing a squat, what on earth are they doing if you're bending down to pick something up off the floor or if you're loading the dishwasher? All these sorts of funny movements which are not helpful for the knee, so we really want to draw your attention to that today, whether or not you have knee pain, because if we can avoid it, it's so much, so much more effective in terms of doing the rehab. So that's that. Fundamentally, what goes wrong in the knee, it's gonna be either ligament damage, in more severe cases, the cruciate ligaments or the collateral ligaments, or it's going to be damage to the cartilage. That's the meniscus strains or meniscus tears that we've all heard about. With, with repeated injuries, we might get the, the sort of the, the more uh, high-line cartilage, which is along the edges of the bones here, that can also become damaged, but that tends to be uh, quite far along. Now, the most common form of arthritis in the knee is going to be retropatellar arthritis, and that's the only part of this that I haven't drawn on the board, and that's mainly because the kneecap is slap bang in the middle here, and that's rather unhelpful, but that is present in a lot of people, and it causes pain right behind our kneecap. So that's another one where it's just a generative change on the back of that kneecap. So that's quite important. There are a few other little things that I wanna to touch on, particularly for ladies. The more active, so the more, the more hypermobile ladies uh, are often more likely to suffer with uh, lateral dislocation of the patella. And that's where the patella, the kneecap, moves out to the side. Part of that is because of anatomy. The way in which our patella sits, we have, if we're looking on the top of these bones, there's a little groove like that for the patella to slide in. And it slides up and down here in this little groove. In fact, let me draw it on for you guys. So there's almost like a little boundary here and a boundary here and the patella can move up and down in this groove as our knee goes through. Uh, through its ranges of motion and ladies anatomically sometimes the groove isn't as high on this side which lends itself to moving to the side um, and getting that lateral dislocation which is incredibly unpleasant um, for anyone if you've ever had this you'll, you'll know it's not, not particularly nice but fundamentally what we wanted to get onto in today's live stream is you can injure these things you can maybe have a more severe uh, cartilage injury you can have a more severe ligament rupture ligament damage whatever it may be it may be minor and there's just a little bit of swelling around the knee but fundamentally it is the muscles that are the most important thing because this thing has no stability whatsoever if it's not for the muscles, a complex array of muscles coming down from the top and up from the bottom and inter interlacing with one another to provide dynamic support for these two rather precariously perched bones on top of one another. So rehab is really so important and we see this in patients post-surgery as well. Not, not that we're doing any surgery in the clinic, but patients that have had surgery with knees, there is that emphasis to push you as quickly as possible back into that rehab. And I've put it down here because loss in muscle mass and muscle control over this particular joint always leads to increase in instability, increased risk of re-injury, and ultimately increased risk of injury in the future as well. Because it is only those muscles and the dynamic control of those muscles that keep this whole thing working effectively. And if our knees aren't going to work properly, then our back has to compensate or our ankles have to compensate. And it's really just so important that you're aware of that, that link. And there are a lot of muscles that run over here. And unfortunately, sometimes the discomfort that may be there in the knee leads us to stop doing the rehab. And actually, we need to push through a little bit of discomfort when we are working on the knee. 
um, because it is just so important. The other thing we find a lot as people get a little bit older is they go through a lesser range of motion. The knee doesn't close up as much, um, for example. They don't get into that position as regularly. The legs tend to stay something like that angle to that angle, and that's about it in terms of daily movement. It never really closes up. And if we're not closing up, we can't get all of these joints, the cartilage bathed with synovial fluid, which is the fluid that keeps those joints nice and healthy and provides them with nutrients. So that's another really, really important one. We have to have good movement. And that comes into this part here. Now, this is the one thing that's a little bit different about, um, about the lower back. Uh, compared to the knees. Normally we recommend you guys, when we're talking about the very, very early stages of rehab, uh, we're not really encouraging you guys to do too much in the way of movement, just a little bit of walking. But when it comes to the knee, there is the need to just keep it a little bit more mobile than maybe we would with the lumbar spine. And the reason for that is that those lumbar spine discs and the segments, the individual segments, don't move an awful lot. Whereas the knee has quite a large range of motion. So we might be doing a little bit more movement in the knee, objectively speaking, than we would in the lumbar spine. We do want to keep a little bit of mobility through there. And generally this particular live stream isn't for you if you're post-surgery. This is for the person who's maybe injured or strained their knee a little bit. So we want to keep a little bit more mobility through that knee and keep it moving, but that's not doing the underlying rehab. That's just preventing soft tissue adhesions forming between the injured tissues in this region. So we want to keep a little bit of mobility. Then there's another nice one we can do, which is called the knee pump, where we put a little rolled up towel just behind the knee and just gently squeeze in on that knee just to take a little bit of pressure off the knee joint. And that can work really nicely in combination with a little bit of ice over the knee for three to five minutes, just to reduce some of the excess swelling in that knee joint. And you can do that a couple times a day for around about a minute or so, maybe 10 pumps, for example, can just take down some of the swelling. So if you want, if you're watching this after the fact, maybe pause that, write that one down, because it is a really nice one. Very, very gently, but just popping a towel just behind the leg here, like so, and then just gently closing that knee. Works really, really nicely just to just create a little bit of space in that joint and also uh, get rid of some of the inflammation or the excess swelling that is in that knee joint. And it's worth noting, sometimes our knees can swell up an awful lot and, and we actually see it in the knee, but that same process is happening in the lower back when we have inflammation in the discs or et cetera, or, or the facet joints in that lumbar spine, it's just that there's less space in the lower back. So you experience sometimes a, lot, a great degree more pain by just the swelling being there, uh, let alone the actual injury itself. And then we wanna get into the rehab side of things. What are you guys gonna to do to actually strengthen up the knee? Now, we mentioned a little bit earlier about the need to move into rehab as quickly as possible and start to strengthen these knees up. And there's two reasons for that. Our body gets an awful lot, especially our legs, get an awful lot of stimulation through day-to-day -day activities. And those that have knee injuries will tend to really gravitate away from doing any sort of physical activity and pressure on that knee. And that lack of stimulation leads to a lack of muscle stimulation. And therefore, we get atrophy. We get a shrinking away of those muscles. And as those muscles decrease, it decreases stability and you get stuck in this vicious loop, vicious cycle, which is rather unpleasant and difficult to shake. So we do want to make sure that we are doing some element of physically demanding activity with control. So we've got a nice little step for, for you guys on squats here to really help you. And it starts off with just simple door squats. 
And if you're inside the uh, premium membership group, we've actually done a video on these door squats as well, where you're essentially holding onto the door frame and doing shallow squats, squats within a comfortable range. So that might mean you're literally only bending your knees a very small amount to start with, just to make sure we're still stimulating those legs, using the, the door frame itself to just support your legs a little bit more so that not quite as much of your body weight is going through. And over the course of time, as you're doing that on a daily basis, you'll be able to then replace that with squats to a chair. We make use a chair like I'm sat on right now, pop a few cushions on there for a little bit more height, and then do the squats onto a chair. The reality is many of you will be getting in and out of chairs on a daily basis, albeit with a good degree of discomfort anyway. So doing these levels of activities within a, within a limits of not too much pain, but there may be a little bit of discomfort there, with good form is going to be really important. We have to remember we don't want our knees to be moving in towards the middle when we're doing these, otherwise we're going to create trouble. So we can move it on to squats uh, from a chair. The next one I wanted to put in here was single leg uh, clock faces. And this is where we're simply standing on one leg with a slight bend in the leg, your leg that you're standing on, the injured leg, and you do this on the good leg as well for comparison, has a slight bend in it, maybe something like that, okay? And then with the, with the other leg that's not on the floor, we simply just trace out the numbers on the clock. So we go from one, two, three, four, five, all the way around to 12. And that involves a little bit of bending and a little bit of movement. And maybe to start with, you'd hold on with a little bit of support. And if you've got any questions on this, please do post it in the comments because this is one for a little bit later on. You wouldn't do this straight away because it is a little bit more challenging. And you just go around the faces of the clock and then you swap over and do the other leg and you might do that two or three times. Why are we doing this exercise? Because although we get you doing squats to start with, they're very regimented. It's a very controlled environment. It's just up and down, maybe with the support of the door or with the support of a chair. But when we start doing this movement here, it's a little bit more reminiscent of just going down on one knee to maybe do something in the garden or just going down on one knee or bending the knee slightly to get something out of the dishwasher. It's a little bit more... Um, akin to the way in which we use our knees in real life and a little bit more dynamic. So it allows us to slowly and carefully, in a controlled way, feed in a little bit more of unbalance or, or, or imbalance as we're doing this rehab. So the clock face one is a fantastic one. It's also a really good one for you to do if you've got any ankle trouble as well, because it helps get your brain working to trigger some of these different muscles in different ways to provide stability as your body weight is moving away and off center from that knee so it can keep everything in order without the knee going. And this helps really in a lot more dynamic stability in the knee. And then long-term building things out with proper squats and lunges later on. And that's where we're using maybe just our body weight and then band related exercises um, to really help add resistance, add a, a layer of dynamic uh, stability to the knee in a more comprehensive long-term program. So that's really, really important. And the final thing with those knees is we want to keep up good regular stretching throughout. And this is helpful for the leg itself, the knee itself, but also it's gonna be helpful for the back. So that includes keeping the glutes nice and supple because they're gonna stabilize. Although they don't act directly over the knee joint, they are gonna be stabilizing whilst you're doing some of these exercises. It's stretching for your quads and your hip flexors as well for similar reasons, and then the hamstrings and then some calf stretching as well to keep those nice and flexible. So everything can allow a good degree of movement for those muscles to get the maximum benefit. So that's pretty much it here. The only final thing we haven't mentioned, I don't believe I mentioned, is just using a little bit of ice over the knee for three to five minutes, no more, periodically. And you don't wanna do it for too long here. We're just using that ice to just help take the edge off the inflammation, um, off the swelling as well and just manipulate the blood flow in and out of that knee. As we put the ice on there, the blood moves away 
and if we're not doing it for too long when we take it off it flushes back through so we're just going to get a new supply of nutrients etc to that area which is just going to help with that healing process so they do take a little bit of time muscle development takes a little bit of time it's not something that's going to change over the course of two or three weeks but over the course of four to six weeks we're going to start to see some improvement in strength especially as we're progressive uh, much like the processes inside the back in shape program for back pain whereby we're doing consistently growing intensities of exercises over the course of those weeks and you start to see the progress occurring there so that's pretty much it for that if we get into q a okay brilliant good morning everybody uh, just a really quick question uh-huh. uh, the the whole topic of knee pain was inspired by one of our yep. uh, premium members um her husband is suffering with knee pain at the minute yep. um do you mind just sort of touching on if you wake up with really bad knee pain in the morning what's the best thing you can do well it depends if you've just injured it the day before um the knees do tend to be a little bit more uh, they go and, and you know about it a little bit more, whereas back pain, you can really injure it the day before and not have a clue. It's just a minor tweak. And then the next morning, it's in a lot of trouble. That tends to be less likely with the knee. Uh, the knee will seize up a little bit faster than that just because it's not quite so deep in there um, compared to the, the discs, etc. in the lower back. But the, the first thing to do, that pumping and general, general mobility a lot of times it's just the sheer swelling up that's taken place and it's stretching what's called the synovial membrane and the, and the capsule of the joint. That's what, I've, that's what really these ligaments here on the side, really you've got it, the capsule kind of runs all the way around like that and, and around the back. And that's kind of like a bag of ligamentous type structure, uh, encasing if you will. And if we get a lot of uh, fluid in there, it's gonna create stretch in there and those ligaments aren't necessarily gonna like that. That's gonna cause you a good bit of pain. So doing that gentle knee pump that I mentioned, gently here, and then a little bit of just general mo- movement and mobility is just gonna help you get rid of some of that extra fluid. And then also getting the ice on there a little bit, that would most likely be the first port of call in the morning to just try and get that inflammation down. Sometimes they do do things like aspirations where they'll you'll go into the hospital and you get the knee drained. But the amount of people that we, we speak to, have, I've spoken to patients in the clinic that have had that done, and they, they just say, oh, it just builds back up again. So you need a tool of being able to do something at home to try and help reducing the inflammation because aspirating the knee and basically putting a needle in here and just pulling the fluid out it's not really dealing with the underlying problem it's not really doing anything other than removing a bit of extra inflammation so you can then do what we've just mentioned because you've got to do that that work it needs to be done to strengthen up and protect the joint so you stop tearing it and injuring it uh, through silly meaningless activities that's really really important so if you are waking up in the first thing in the morning it's most likely the stretch on the capsule from the inflammation there that gentle knee pump, a little bit of gentle movement through the knee, and then obviously that icing on, and I do that reasonably repeatedly. Try and you know put more weight on the other leg, maybe just while you're getting so you're getting downstairs, but we do want to get it moving a little bit. Okay, brilliant. Uh, some really great questions coming through. Karen yep. says, I've tried uh, glucosamine and uh, MSM supplements in the past to help with my joints. Uh, is there a better one out there or is a better combination out there? Well, I great would question. say that is a good question considering I know a lot of the guys in the in the membership have got the Cartonica um, supplement. We can maybe put a link to that in, in below, but that's got yeah. the glucosamine, the MSM. It's also got a massive dosage of collagen, which as, as you've, if you've seen any of our live streams, we mentioned collagen, collagen lay down around these ligaments and disc-like structures um, to, to help provide the nutrients for to be remodeled. And what essentially happens 
is when we have any injury, uh, similar to sort of the platelets coming in, but we just get a dump, a dump of collagen fibers in the, in the target area. And this is why it's so slow because those aren't very strong. If we pull those apart like so, maybe they're one of the collateral ligaments here. If we pull those apart, it's not really gonna do anything. It's not gonna support the area and it's not gonna provide any stability. So what slowly starts to happen over a period of time, which is why some exercise is important, and that's really, really important. As we're doing these gentle ones with limited range, is the force that's gently going through those is starting to line these up. So they start to line up along the force lines. And now we have a structure. They get eroded essentially. The collagen gets broken down and rebuilt along these force lines. And now we have something that really can resist that, 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 that pulling and that becomes a lot stronger. So the glucosamine, the chondroitin, the MSM, the uh, collagen, they all work really together, really, really well together to provide uh, sort of the nutrients you need, the building blocks you need for that. Uh, for, for, for those those knees and, and you know things like running etc is going to take its toll on the knees if we're giving ourselves the nutrients just as a matter of course then it, it's, it's only going to be a help okay great i'll just post the link to the supplement in yeah, sure. the comments um alex and rick have both asked to learn more a little bit more about the clock exercise yes so essentially if i draw it out on the board video, what i think we will do is actually do a separate video um and, and Lara and i were actually discussing this this morning we hadn't done it uh before the live stream but we thought perhaps if we were to do an, a, a revisit of the knee pain and actually just do a purely focus one focused where we do the physical exercises that i've mentioned with you and, and I'll, we'll get the recording done and, uh, and and talk through those while they're playing on the side then maybe that would be helpful so if you would find that helpful then please do post those in the comments below but we'll just do a quick one here of the clock face firstly the knee itself if we're standing up would be bent about that much okay no more than that whatsoever that would be the most we bend it okay really a little bit less than that to be honest so make sure you're not bending your knee too much just a slight kink nothing more and then if we're stood with our foot here okay and then there's our head one foot we've got the center of the clock face here and then we've got 12 o'clock one two and so on and so forth and then all we're doing is we're taking the other foot and we're just reaching out to touch there and then coming back in touch there and then coming back in all with that slight bend in the knee going around the clock face and just reaching around and it's going to involve a little bit more of a twist especially this part of the clock face is going to evolve involve it's going to involve a little bit more of a twist when you're doing that. So that's why I say it's not one for straight away, but it is one that can help if we've got any ankle problems or if we've got any knee problems that are sort of low grade, they're not any severe injuries. It is a really good one that you might be surprised how much you find it difficult. So mm -hmm. maybe do this with a chair handy or something for a little bit of support just the first couple of times you're doing it. Engage your core. If you're any of the, sort of the back and shape members, if it was Alex that asked this, make sure we've got that core engaged. And we really should feel that Actually, it's a really good exercise for proprioception, which is the connection between your brain knowing where everything else is in space. And it just helps everything work together. You're going to find your core works, your 
brain works you can almost feel it working trying to balance and then you've got your glutes working in there as well but we'll definitely do this one as a uh, as a separate video i think okay brilliant yes that was rick and alex asking for that um, yeah okay brilliant talking about core yeah. um, related to knee pain alex sparks has uh, commented here said i had an abdominal uh, operation some time ago and the muscles were cut vertically all went well until um i resumed hill walking in scotland after about six or seven months of recovery the climb was fine but on the descent uh, my knee became completely swollen um, no rehab advice. No indication uh, that the abdominal um, might the, sorry the abdominals might support uh, the knees, which I presume was the problem. So um, it's good you mentioned abdominals. With that one, actually, though, um, it's it's widely uh, known. Uh, I think in the sort of the running community, especially the long distance running, when you are running downhill, it loads your knees tremendously. Our knees get a severe loading. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's more the fact that you were going downhill than anything else. And the reason for that is that it creates a tremendous shear. And it's worthwhile me noting this. One of the machines in the gym that people often use is a leg extension machine. If you're doing too much weight on there, it, again, it creates a shear. So if we've got our lower leg bone and then we've got our femur bone, that shear of that movement, the knee's not very good at, that at resisting that movement. So as you're going down the hill, as, as opposed to going up the hill where we tend to be in that position and the pressure's down on the knee when we're going up the hill. As we're going down the hill, the foot is landing like that on the slope and then the, the body momentum is shearing. We don't have as much compression as we're going downhill. So this really does create, I've rubbed it off, but it creates a good degree of shear in the articular surfaces compared to going up the hill. So that's most likely what's really bothered your knee is the shearing involved in going downhill just because it's different, very much different uh, mechanics. It really loads your quads intently and will really challenge those. And if they're not up to par, then those quads are gonna start to fail a little bit with, with resisting that shearing force. And that's something that is really, really uh, sort of challenging uh, from a downhill point of view, whether it's rambling, whether it's hiking, whether it's running, it is gonna have an impact. On the topic of the core, I'm really glad you brought that up because the core is really so important. The reason we, even with the back in shape, if we take that for, from a back pain point of view, the core is the stability base from which everything else works. If we don't have a solid base of support in the midsection, our legs don't have a good anchor point to work from. They're, they're anchored with the ground through our feet, but they're not anchored to anything else above. We have a big mass in this section here where all our vital organs are. That is just a wobbling thing that's a, a, a thigh length away from the knee joint. We need a strong core to be able to be dynamic and work with our hip muscles to allow the knee to function effectively. So if we've got just a wobbly mess above the knee joint, then it's not gonna allow a nice tight, uh, tight force transference to come down through that knee and into the ground. So we do need to have a strong core. It needs to be working when we're doing these sorts of exercises and you will instantly feel more stable if we just do that engagement and then go through any of these exercises that I've mentioned, you will feel everything is a lot more tighter, everything's a lot more primed. We don't have any loose slack hanging around the place. And that's really important. Even if you just look at a rope, if the rope's taut here and then it's got a slack bit, as soon as you pull, everything kind of goes a bit funny. Whereas if everything is taut and it starts to weight bear, there's no sudden jolty jerky movements. Everything's taut and it moves as one unit. And that's what we really want. That's why we want your core to be so strong. That's why we put it at the start, uh, learning to engage that core effectively at the start of the Back in Shape program, because it's so transferable to everything, not just back pain, but everything else. 
Okay, brilliant, very interesting. Um, Alex Vesco has asked a great question here about his teenage boys and knee pain. Yep. So my teenage boys sometimes complain about sore knees. It doesn't yep. seem to be associated with anything that would suggest injury and no swelling or tenderness. Would ice and uh, the knee pump help this? Um, so quite commonly, it's just below the kneecap that they get knee pain. And I actually had this when I was growing Big up. Big question. Um, this <laughs> is, th- we're really looking at the sort of the early, early stages of Oscar's latter's uh, which is basically where the patella, if we just redraw the knee again, the patella is sort of the midway point. Uh, I won't go over the answer, but we've got the patella here. All of your quads run into here through the, the common tendon, and then this runs down through the patella tendon to the front of the shin bone, essentially the tibia. And this point here can create a lot of inflammation, and you find in a lot of active boys that are doing sort of rugby, football, those sorts of impact sports where they're running a lot, or even just running in athletics, but a lot of sport in those teenage growth years, you often find that you get inflammation around this part of the knee. There's not really a lot you can do about it. The general advice is just back off a little bit, a little bit of ice and inflammation. What end, what ends up happening is you get full osteoslatters and knobbly knees. There's excess bone laid down around here. It starts to stick out, and once you get to a point where everything stays stabilized and, 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 and you're sort of in your late teens, uh, early 20s, it's just a bony bit, uh, just like a knobbly elbow, for example, and it sticks out. Uh, you'll find a lot of active boys get this. In particular, girls can get it too. It's just that you tend to get, generally, uh, it just tends to be a bit more common in boys. So that's most likely what that is. And unfortunately, it's not really a quick fix. It's just the sheer levels of activity that they're going through. Another one that the boys uh, in particular suffer with is going to be osteochondritis, which is in the thoracic spine. Again, a lot of activity through growth spurts as well can put pressure on the growth plates in the thoracic spine. So they get rib- they, they get pain essentially in, in this section of the thoracic spine. And it, it's one of those things through growing, it's called sort of growing pain, so to speak. There's not really that much you can do about it other than tell them to stop growing so quickly, which um, may not be so good um, or may not be so so successful. So that's pretty much uh, that one. If there's any other clarification questions you want to ask, then please do post those in the comments below, Alex. For sure. Okay, and we'll get back so to that one. You were just talking about the importance of muscle integrity yeah. as a whole uh, yeah. throughout the whole body. Joe's asked here, is protein consumption important when strengthening the knee, uh, even when the damage is in the ligaments or the cartilage? Um, yes. And the reason being, uh, we are trying to build up the muscles. Uh, we're trying to get the muscles stronger. So whether or not the damage is in the cartilage, etc., the purpose of the rehab is to rebuild and strengthen that structure. Now, if we take the extreme sports person, um, maybe they've, they've, they've torn their meniscus. It's gone completely. Sorry, not the meniscus. They've torn their um, medial collateral ligament. It's gone completely. Uh, that was one of those little extra ligaments that I drew in the middle of the knee joint and is commonly injured in sports people. Well, that's not coming back. Maybe you have a reconstruction, maybe you don't bother. Interestingly enough, there is a certain proportion of the population that are born without one of those and that their hamstrings take on the role. A little bit more complicated. I won't go down that rabbit hole, but <laughs> very, very interesting. Um, and in essence, what we need to do is the, the structures are injured. We need to build up the proprioceptive ability and the strength and the stability that is provided by the muscular system. The muscular system is always working harder, especially in the knee, uh, to provide stability, and it always can work a little bit harder. So if we're trying to build up those muscles, protein is going to be vital. We've already mentioned the, the, the joint drink, that's obviously really, really a, a nice one, but I wouldn't take that just because you've got knee pain. That's something that we take, Lara and I take anyway, just from a, from a general health point of view, because it's, it's good stuff. Um, but 
you, you I, I, well, with those sorts of supplements, I wouldn't just take them just because you've got a knee pain. It's kind of a health decision really more than anything else. The same way we've got protein, we want a bit more protein on board to support the muscles. We want other nutrients on board to make sure we're supporting recovery uh, and an effective recovery. Okay, uh, I think one last question here yep. from Ollie. Are there exercises to improve the arch drop in the foot you mentioned or are insoles essential? Um, that's a bit of a difficult question without going going into too much detail. Yeah, we can cover that on, on a future live stream. But in essence, uh, generally, if you are more active and you're doing more more of these activities, maybe some of the rehab you're doing in, in the bare, in barefoot, then you will find that you are able to work more on those lower leg muscles, which help maintain the arch in a dynamic way. There is There are certain issues where the arches may just naturally inherently be flatter in you compared to another individual. And it's important to understand that in the context of you as an individual, are your arches actually really, really high? And using arch support, supports can be really helpful if you're ambling around on your feet all day so for example if you're going on a ship a ship a trip for a shop around town and you're going to be stood up for maybe three four hours just wandering around then actually it doesn't really matter whether you've got strong muscles or not this footwear that we're wearing and the surfaces that we're standing on are going to cause those arches to drop anyway so in a scenario like that you may find an arch support actually quite useful but if you're going to be doing a dynamic exercise etc you're going to be going to the gym you're going to be running you're going to be doing these other things then an arch support can kind of be a little bit pointless because if we're if our feet and lower legs are working properly they're going to provide that moment to moment dynamic support support through the arch and actually it'll be a lot better and something i know personally from from using the barefoot running uh, shoes compared to my trainer trainers um, there's a massive difference in the activation of your lower leg muscles when you're running in one versus the other that being said please don't go out and just jump into doing using barefoot trainers straight after this live stream because it does take a little bit of e easing yourself into uh, the first time I did a full run with with my barefoot uh, trainers I was or my, my barefoot shoes um, I was walking funny for a little while um, and my toes were constantly just cramping up from the from the doms, the delayed onset muscle soreness. So uh, it is something worth unpacking in a little more detail, maybe one for a, a, a future live stream. Okay, brilliant. Um, Alex Vesco has asked here, is it important to take protein just before or after the phases um, doing the exercises? Generally, I'd like to always get a protein, uh, protein drink in just after a workout. So that's why I'd say I wouldn't really take it just before because... Well, what's going to happen is you're going to take a drink on board and then you're going to start working out and your body's going to basically make changes to where we divert blood and circulation away from our gastrointestinal tract and out towards the periphery into the muscles. Think fight or flight. Um, our blood's just going to shunt all of the uh, dramatic proportion of our circulation into the muscles and therefore we've just put some nutrients down here and we're not really going to be absorbing it as well. Whereas if you just finished a workout, your body goes into the parasympathetic rest and digest after the workout when you're relaxing and recovering. So your body's in that state ready to divert more nutrients to the digestive tract, to the organs, etc. And therefore if we have something that's going through us at that time, it's going to be a little bit more sensible. But for the average person that's not really doing any sort of more extreme physical activity i'd say it's not too much of a trouble when we take it i just wouldn't take it directly before the workout um 
generally just after but any time during the day really I wouldn't be too OCD about it at this stage if we're getting on to sort of really trying to enhance performance from an athletic standpoint then timing things can be a little bit more advantageous um, so that's something worth bearing in mind and then you also have things like BCA drinks which is branched chain amino acids and those sorts of things which you can take just before a workout because they're very readily absorbed and don't involve a lot of digestion to break down so but that's probably going a little bit more uh, to, to, the, to the wrong end of, of, of detail um, for, for today's live stream, I would suggest. <laughs> okay, Alex Bars just came back and said, so more question of the quads, although the damaged abdominal muscle is definitely not useful either. Thank you. Oh uh, yeah, damaged abdominal muscles are an absolute nightmare. And it's one thing that I think ladies as well, really, if you've had a C-section or anything like that, it, it really isn't communicated the impact that can have on the overwhelming stability of just you in general. Now that example with the quads, yes, we want to build the quads for strength, but it, but don't neglect those hamstrings because those, those hamstrings, because of the way in which they attach, the quads attach on the front in the middle, like I described here. But the hamstrings, we've got uh, two muscles which come down called the semitendinosus and membranosus, and they attach on the inside of the knee. And we've got our biceps femoris, which is another muscle which attaches on the outside of the knee and a bit to the fib uh, fibula. And those two, I mentioned about the loss of the cruciate ligament, those two actually can can provide a little bit of rotation and twisting through the lower leg and they provide that extra level of dynamic stability so they're working a little bit differently so we would still want to not neglect those because as you're going downhill and your foot is landing on a rock or a stone it's those hamstrings that are going to make that fine tweak to the muscles that's going to help keep that knee joint in a stable strong position um, whilst the quads are using their brute force to keep the knee joint compressed so we've got compression going through there so a little bit more complicated I don't want you to take away just focus on the quads um, but they are the ones that will be burned a little bit more from that downhill so maybe that's a little bit too much detail but hopefully it's helpful okay that's brilliant um i think that is everything for today uh, thank you so much everybody for your comments and your questions awesome well thanks very much guys there are a few a few uh, curveballs there as well so thank you very much oh, for brilliant. that it's great really appreciated and hopefully you guys found it helpful as always thank you to everyone that does ask the questions they really appreciate it and i'm sure there's many other people watching this that are going to benefit from those questions and the answers as well so thank you very much if you are new to the channel if you watch this far please do consider subscribing to the channel make sure you hit that notification bell as well so that you Get notified whether you're on smartphone uh, smartphone or your tablet uh, you get notified when we go live so you can join in and maybe ask questions next time so thanks for joining us have a great afternoon we, and, and this is the weekend now isn't it, it? Is. yes so we will see you have a great weekend and we will see you on monday with another live stream thanks for watching guys